0: We have so much to cover, we're just going to jump straight in. Uh, Welcome to Drazzle, the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host, Jack Colbertson. And here to suffer alongside me, as always, is also host, Joe Nealis.
1: Good evening again.
0: Uh, We are back for part two of Ghostbusters Answer the Call, a title that Paul Faye hated and only allowed in the movie if it happened once the movie was done. We are joined (laughs) by Toaster comma, Matt, period. Hello. Um, We have so much to talk about, partially because not only Ghostbusters 3 was in development for so long, but Ghostbusters 2 also had a number of scripts before they landed on what we got. Hmm. Before we do that, Joe's going to (laughs) remind you to remember
1: Remember, you should always, when you like a podcast, rate and review it everywhere you possibly can so that more people can find it more easily. It helps with algorithms and such for discoverability, which is what kills most podcasts. I'm not sure what would kill us at this point. We just, we just kind of keep on going and growing Can't and evolving. We're and- honey badger. Honey badger, keep oh, going. Honey badger would be rough. Honey badger, yeah. be rough. honey badger, badger also doesn't have the opposable digits to be able to type out a review on Apple Podcasts or, <laughs> or Good Pods or Pod Chaser or to or to rate five stars on Spotify. So I threw you garbage
0: and you just roll with it.
1: I I roll in garbage sometimes. <laughs> this is uh, like a true like a true honey badger.
0: <laughs> do you remember the episode we did for Tommy Wiseau's The Room? Oh, do I? Where you and I kind of like sat back and let Vince and Emily just talk at us. <laughs> Um it was great. I kind of feel like that's what this episode's going to be where I'm like, "Oh, I did this like very quick research on Ghostbusters 2 the seed" and then told me like, "Well, actually" and then slam a, f- a file folder down. It's
1: always beautiful whenever you have a subject matter expert available to like to just vomit information at you and it's, you know, I'm 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 thrilled that we have that opportunity here today. It's,
0: I'm a little intimidated because like I did research, but So here's
1: what I
2: have next to me.
1: What what are we looking at there?
2: So we have the Ghostbusters ecto mobile. It ha- covers ecto one, mark two, one A, <laughs> and the one in 2016. We have the visual history of. I have a signed copy of the Ghostbusters Ninja Turtles crossover comic. I have. Oh man, several signed Ghostbusters comics. Um, behind me, you can see. I'd love to say it's screen accurate, and I hate to mention another podcast. <laughs> oh, Go ahead. Okay, so you know how we're like, ooh, we're the world's biggest Ghostbusters fans. Mm. Um, I thought I was until I discovered the internet, and then I found out, I don't know shit. Um, There's a podcast, it's like a 22-episode series called The Black Firehouse. Mm. Good title. Yeah. When the 4K came out, they went through, and they're like... Okay, if you pause this here and blow it up, you can see we did some research and found that this panel of the jumpsuit is actually made out of old parachute. Like, that (laughs) level of, hey, so when you're looking at the Proton Pack, you know that little windy part? That's actually from Raytheon Electronics out in this factory in Mm -hmm. California. You can track it down here for $50. Fuck. (laughs) The, The level of adoration and care and love that goes into... Um, Ghostbusters fandom is insane and intimidates me, and that's why I don't do. And to their credit, they do a ton of charity all the time. Um, The Black Firehouse, like, if just know if you go to like all these Ghostbuster Mm. chapters Mm. across the country. Um, I want to. Oh shoot, I'm not even gonna name any because I know I'll get them wrong. But like every every major city had like philly Pittsburgh, y'all have ghostbuster collectives I mean there is a guy um, there, just a quick google will get there's you there. a
1: guy that drives around in an actual like like self made ecto one around town I've seen him several times it Yeah, I't like
0: passed him on the road before oh
1: yeah he he i, I passed him <laughs> on my way driving home through uh from work the other day i just made made my afternoon
0: yeah. um it's like fight clubs they're just they're they pop up everywhere All across States. <laughs> <Tennessee. laughs> Uh yep. let's go ahead. I actually have a question for you, Matt, because I was trying to find the answer to this and I couldn't. So when they were working on Ghostbusters 2, uh, Bill Murray did not want to come back whatsoever. And th- but they got him, obviously. He says that the script that they gave him is different than the one that they shot with. That the stuff that There is a bait and switch. Yeah, there's a bait and oh, switch. So hmm. he he's like the stuff that I liked about the script was gone when we went to go shoot it, but, you know, it was already on set and filming. Do you know what script he was looking at and what was in that script that they did the old switcheroo with?
2: So originally with Ghostbusters 2, it was uh, Ackroyd wanted to get away from New York. There was a Cinefix article. In, like, the late 80s where they kind of went into the idea that essentially Dana Barrett would be kidnapped and taken to Scotland. It dealt with a lot of underground civilizations and underground, like, mythology. You'd get there through a fairy ring, like those mushroom circles that go through, like, Scottish lore forever. Essentially, that's how you would get to this, like, underworld. Uh, That's how they'd be going to try and get back to Dana. Right, that's wild. Like, like an
0: Aykroyd, Of course you would, weird <laughs> ass. I love you. <laughs> he
2: even he like backpedaled. He's like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's Maybe I'm a the lot. gas a
1: little too hard here.
2: Now I did actually give me a second. I did pull a quote from this one. Was definitely Starlog. It was let's see. So the um Murray wanted to call it uh the last of the Ghostbusters, and I quote. It's not going to be called Ghostbusters Two. We'll burn in hell if we call it Ghostbusters Two. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've suggested the last of the Ghostbusters to make sure there won't be anything like a Ghostbusters Three. <laughs> oh, Bill! God, he really didn't want to do this again.
0: <laughs> well, he had a, he loved the first one, and he thought it didn't yeah. really need a sequel, and
2: it honestly didn't. Mm-mm. Well, okay, he loved it when it was done. Right. Yeah. Getting him there was also a challenge. They ended up. Um, You're talking about Columbia for the had first to one, agree right? to greenlight for the first one. They had to agree to do a movie called Razor's Edge, which was like a very philosophical movie based on a book written by some like dude who went to Tibet for a while. Have you seen it yet? That Mur- like Bill Murray absolutely loved. Hmm. I saw it. <sighs> 20 years Here. ago I don't remember anything about it it didn't do well apparently it was a huge passion project for Murray and it just didn't translate well to an audience it didn't translate great on screen and honestly I know I watched I don't remember anything hmm. some nice scenery yeah. like there was some good cinematography and that's really all but that's I why
0: he did Ghostbusters one was that they agreed to fund it
2: yep two Again, they, they lured him in with this script, and it wasn't just Murray. There were a couple other actors that had that, like, fey based script. They get there and they're like, the fuck are these pages? It's just a reskinned Ghostbusters one. Mm. Like, if you follow the plot of that, it's the same movie. Yeah. They have to restart the business. They have one good ghost catching scene, followed immediately by a Ghostbusters, mo- like, music montage. Oh, look, the city thinks they're crazy. Oh, no, they were right in the end. Here's a giant thing walking down the street. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, there's actually unpublished uh, script pages that ended up in a Ghostbusters 2 comic book years later. Uh, that you can find if you search online that have like a very like all of a sudden like the last scene was supposed to be incredibly fucking heavy where like all the Ghostbusters are like, oh it's a Statue of Liberty, you know, ancestors came through here and Winston is just like, yours, dude. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no. oh no. No <laughs> Winston.
0: God, I wish Ernie I, Hudson would have been able to deliver that line.
2: Man. Like Shit. I again I I'm paraphrasing like right. to the nth uh, degree. But, like, it was just, like, a really weird (laughs) twist on the end, and that, I don't know why got cut. (laughs) Uh, But you can see, during the credit scene of Ghostbusters 2, they did shoot a lot of it. Like, that was supposed to be in the scene where they're doing, like, the Celebrate Ghostbusters in 1989, and then we'll never speak about them again until 1991, and then we'll never speak about them again (laughs) until 2021. Oh, my God. Oh, you didn't also catch this, too. All right. That's adorable.
1: Uh, for for those listening, uh, Matt's wearing a uh, Stave Puff Marshmallow Man kitty cat t-shirt.
0: <laughs> you know what scene I wish they um, would have? From
2: Arm the Animals, a not-for-profit. Nice. I wish. Yeah, they donate to a bunch of animal charities. I love that.
0: I wish. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so they, they filmed a subplot where Ray is possessed. And there's still a little right. bit of that in mm-hmm. the movie. You get that one moment
1: where Vigo takes him over. Yeah.
0: But it, it's so fast. But they filmed a scene where Ray is driving erratically. And part of it mm-hmm. ends up in the montage, specifically with Vankman giving Ray kind of like a weird look over his shoulder. Like, what the hell is he driving yeah. like an asshole? Uh, and that's because Ray is possessed and driving like an asshole. Huh. And I feel like their His character and Winston kind of got trimmed for the second one. I don't feel like they got as much time. Do you know what happened, Matt? Why why they take that from me? Just time? Pacing, maybe?
2: That would be my guess. Um, I mean, Venkman obviously was the breakout of the first mm-hmm. one. It was Murray. That's what everyone wanted. It was the eight. Everybody wanted more Murray. So I could only assume... And this is just me guessing sure. that it was a lot of studio saying, We got Vankman. We want more Vank like the people want Vankman. We're gonna give them Vankman. Gotcha.
1: Which yeah, I can I can see I can see why they would want to do that. I am glad that at least in the midst of that, we got more uh more Annie Potts and more uh Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, they were great playing off oh, each I other. It. That was to this day one of my favorite parts of Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. Any
0: other st- Anything else with Ghostbusters 2 that we want to talk about before we move move on to Ghostbusters 3?
2: I think between that and Groundhog's Day, it put such a bad taste in Murray's mouth that that's why he didn't want to come back. Groundhog Day, that put, that put a bad was,
1: taste in his mouth? I thought it was Caddyshack.
2: So, during the filming of Groundhog's Day, that was a Harold Ramis-Reitman production with Bill Murray right. starring... Uh, That is where the falling out took place. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Murray was either early, mid, or late stages of divorce. I think he had his son Homer on set a couple couple of times. Uh, Ramus was trying to work under the studio's budget and time constraints and dealing with weather. And just, could you imagine the lead production on, hey, every single scene is the same day. Like... Yeah. yeah, so it, it it was a lot, and Ramus I think was counting on Murray to not be the diva he could be. Yeah, they called him one take Bill. So, and I there was just a lot of animosity between the two. They actually did not speak until Harold Ramus's deathbed.
1: Oh, I didn't know that 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 I knew. I didn't know that it uh, the, the the falling out took place over Groundhog Day though. That's
0: man. So they just not talk on Ghostbusters two on set
2: that was no it was Ghostbusters 2 that was 89 and then Groundhog's oh, Day Okay, that was okay, after gotcha. did um, they call him one take Bill because yeah be- Ramis and Murray had been friends yeah, forever yeah. that sucks that's
0: a bummer did they call him one take Bill because he could nail it in one or he would only do one I have a
2: feeling it's the latter I think a little of both yeah. now a nice postscript and um, just after that sad thing just to come to something a little bit nicer because I mentioned it was you know Ramis's deathbed he knew he was Getting ready to pass, when Murray had found out, he immediately chartered a flight to Martha's Vineyard. Did not know where Harold Ramis lived at the time, so he went to the police station and said, "Take me to Harold Ramis."
0: <laughs> That's very Bill he Murray. He got
2: a police escort. <laughs> yep, gets a police escort to Harold Ramis's house. Goes inside. He's welcomed by uh, Harold's wife. Pleasantries, because again, these were all close yeah. friends, for, like all through the eighties. Uh seventies and eighties. So when uh what was it? The story go, and they get all of this is stories pass around yeah. and whatnot. Uh Bill went in to sit with Harold, didn't leave for hours, and you could just hear them laughing through the door. That's beautiful. I'm glad they at least had that. Yep. They it was the last chance and they buried the hatchet. <sighs> Hell yeah. So uh that comes in later too.
0: Hmm. Th- th- just that connection or the bearing of the hatchet.
2: Bearing of the hatchet.
0: Do you know what the first idea for Ghostbusters 3 was? Was it hellbent?
2: I believe that was the earliest script um, where it was supposed to be essentially the Ghostbusters are stuck to a parallel dimension New York full of ghost goblins, etc. They, I think that was the earliest talk of bringing in a new team. Hmm. Uh Vankman was very i a- I'm sorry, Murray was very adamant about not coming back, so they're going to replace him with a young, handsome Ben Stiller. Interesting. Um, hmm. Yep. Uh that was supposed to be the Vankman replacement. There were versions of the script where when they got to this oh, shoot, what do they call Manhattan. it? Not man. <laughs> that that's what yeah. I was thinking. They were going to meet a ghost version of Murray there. Because the joke was he wanted to be killed off in the first reel. Cool, we killed you (laughs) off. Now you're back as a ghost. That's the monkey's paw wish version, (laughs) right there. That went through numerous iterations. Everyone from you know, because then it became about handing the torch. That was, I think, Hellbent originally was going to be a continuation of the story, and then they're like, "We'll we'll just replace because people want to keep doing this." and Reitman, Ackroyd, Ramus like it's a fun story to tell. They really liked they really liked what they were doing. that's why they kept going back and due to this day, so pretty much any major comedic actor for the last twenty years has been like dandied about as a potential ghostbuster. I fell off the stage in tenth grade. And my parents got a phone call. <laughs> um everyone laughed um so. Jeez. I remember hearing so Ben Stiller Farley, and yeah, Chris Will Smith. Farley, Smith. Oh, Chris Farley would have been a fun Ghostbuster. Yep, Adam Sandler. And then as you move later, the big ones that were talked about. Uh, Chris Pratt, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Um Shoot, I'm blanking. Who voiced Louette. Oh, no, uh, Anna Faris. Um, okay. She was talked about in that same era. You name it. If they made you laugh, they were probably talking about.
1: Depending on the timing, t- uh, having her and Chris Pratt would have made
0: a lot of sense. I think that Emma Stone was offered a role in the 2016 mm. version and turned it to down.
2: She was discussed along with Anne Hathaway.
1: I thought I remembered hearing Anne Hathaway's name come up at some point before this movie came out.
0: Are you going to leave so... out the part where they have a evil businessman devil in Minn that looks? Sc- very similar to a Donald Trump.
1: Wait, really? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of called it.
1: <laughs> that I, I I've said it, I've I've mentioned this before, but there is a YouTube channel called Some More News that did a a movie, which mm-hmm. is essentially an entire breakdown of how. Practically every movie villain from like the late yeah. 80s through the 90s is Donald Trump.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, just, well, like during the run up to the election, I'm like, why are we electing Lex Luthor? We already did that plot line. Seriously. It's just, there was <laughs> a President <laughs> Luther. We did it. We, we saw that went, no, no one reads comics here. Okay. Nope.
2: That's the problem. They talked about Biff Tannen and Back to the Future 2 running for yeah. president. Like-,
1: it's, there's no, like, there's almost no closer. <laughs> Like
2: allegory right. <laughs> like,
0: God damn it.
2: Maybe there was a time traveler, and they were warning us. They're like the only job I could get was a movie producer. Right. I need to I let the it, people know he's a available.
0: Movie, and you guys still missed and it. And
2: that time traveler was Robert
1: Zemeckis. <laughs> <Huh>.
0: <laughs> I quit. We 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 peaked. Uh, so, how
2: much? Sorry, that was just my audio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how much of Hellbent got turned into the video game? Are we at, are we at that point in the timeline?
2: I think that's a good jump. So, after over a decade of development, hell, two thousand five, two thousand six, game company approaches to be like, "Hey, we want to make a Ghostbusters video game. Here's what they can do. They do a quick little like schematic rundown. This is what it can look like." Ackroyd is on board gets Ramus gets Wrightman. even Bill Murray's like fuck it I'll come do this like I don't have to put like I don't have to put clothes on just my PJs um, that feels very Bill Murray comes yeah. in does the video game and we thought that was the last movie that's what it was supposed to be it's got all the beats they go to like that alternate dimension for a little bit they dig a little bit more into the Gozer mythos Um Yeah, we thought that's where it was going to end. Fun bit. So, almost everyone came back except Sigourney Weaver. I thought that was the case. Yeah. Do you know why? No, that I don't. Nobody called. Are you fucking kidding me? It's weird. They thought, they're like, it's Sigourney Weaver. She's not going to want to do a video game. We're not going to waste her time. Like, she's just going to say no. She's going to be insulted. We're fine. That's presumptuous. She yeah. was. Oh. She was so let down when she found out. She's like, I love doing that. Like, I want to go back and do more. I wish you guys would have called. I would have absolutely come down and do a voice. That is why her voice is in the Alien video games. Interesting. Huh. Because she tried to shed Alien for years. That's why they had to kill Ripley off a couple of times. <laughs> because she was like, that's one of the reasons she did Ghostbusters. She wanted to be in a comedy. Mm. She was getting pigeonholed. So, and, like, typecast is just this, like, that character she's always done. She's like, I want to do something else. The story goes that when auditioning for Ghostbusters for Reitman and everyone, they're like, oh, my character turns into a dog. So she got up on the couch and started acting like a dog. <laughs> Where's like, that footage? she wanted the fucking job. I would love to see that footage. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, she What a treasure. She's amazing.
2: Yeah, she is absolutely phenomenal. The only blooper that made me laugh was Sigourney Weaver in the 2016 version. Sigourney Weaver flubs a line and just goes, "Sorry, it's my first day acting." <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, yeah, I do. oh god, it I loved it. <laughs> um, so the video game sells over three million copies in 2009 at 60 bucks a pop, which to Sony signals, ooh, we've got a we've got a franchise at the time when everybody wants a franchise, yeah. uh, like we talked about with everything else coming out in 2016: reboots, book adaptations, just. An endless slog of what can we make into nine movies that will gross a billion dollars, and we don't have to pay Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like that's it. That's all anybody wants.
0: Do you know? Had they started to? I think it was IDW. Did they start doing the comic books by that point, or is this after the game?
2: So that might have been around when Route 88 was doing them.
0: I didn't even. No, somebody did it before. Oh, well, I I knew the ones from like the 90s, but I didn't know that they had done comic books outside of IDW.
2: Yeah, uh this was before IDW. I want to say it was Route 88, a very small mm. company. Um they took over and, like they got the rights. The art was gorgeous. Um remind me and I'll send you some stuff. And then yeah, IDW uh picked up and they did some really cool stuff. They did the crossovers with Turtles. Mm they do a lot of like interdimensional stuff where like they're not afraid to pull from you know the movies the real ghostbusters the extreme ghostbusters that's something we missed because for a long time a lot of fans were like just give us a fucking extreme ghostbusters movie we'll be cool with it and then yeah like they just pull from everything they got the 2016 ghostbusters in them every now and then like yeah
0: so really quick for the people who don't who who missed that period of time when they did the extreme Ghostbusters? Yeah,
1: that one because I know the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know extreme. What
0: when was that about? So
2: real Ghostbusters started nineteen eighty six went until nineteen ninety two. It's one of the longest runs. Michael J. Straczynski of oh hey, I know that guy. I know Babylon Five yeah. fame. Yeah, and yeah. Comic books. Um, he was a lead writer. That year, the first cartoon to win a daytime oh, Emmy. Nice. Um they had amazing episodes like Call of Cthulhu. Um the <laughs> yeah. Boogeyman was a constant one. I'm sorry, the Collect Call right. of <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. very good. Okay, I like that. Just a ton of they did an episode that incorporated the movie. That's cool. They pop up on YouTube, they pop up online. Absolutely worth a watch. Uh, that was also a driving force because the toy lines which got them in everyone's home and cost my parents so Mine much money. Too. To this day, I'm not digging it out. I have my Ecto-1 still.
1: I miss my Ecto-1. My my best friend growing up
2: had one, and I was so jealous. Mine is beat to hell, and I've told everyone I want to be buried with it.
0: Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Yeah,
2: pile of ash and an Ecto-1. Explain that, (laughs) archaeologist. So then... Late nineties, ninety-seven. We crop up again with the extreme Ghostbusters. They wanted to try it. It was the same animation company that did a Men in Black and a Godzilla uh, cartoon in the same era.
1: Men in Black cartoon. Okay, the monsters look awesome. Yeah.
2: It's coming, flooding back to me a little bit. Uh, Was it? They do the real Ghostbusters. They introduce uh, it's Egon. He's the only holdover. He's a professor, probably at Columbia. And Janine is still there, and the Ghostbusters are still just holding on. It's just those two. It's but all of the like pretty much (laughs) that rings a bell. Actually,
1: that I remember. I do remember seeing like toys, like toy packaging Mm -hmm. with that horrible
2: Slimer. Yeah. Oh.
0: The the Acto one. Oh, some awesome of the monster
2: though. designs were awesome. My buddy had that one. That one made. I, sounds... I have that
0: under my bed right now.
2: Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, that one. It was Kylie. Roland, Eduardo and mm-hmm. Garrett were the four. Hmm. And it was it was that community scene where the dean walks in and just goes, "Oh, there's one of e- was it there's one of each person in here. <laughs> <Yeah. "There's> one <laughs> of every one of you." Do you know
0: which one didn't get an action figure? You got the
2: African American dude, you got the dude in a, a wheelchair, you have a lady and you have um, a Latino. Wh- or Latinx. Wh- like which one didn't get an action figure, Jack?
0: The one in the wheelchair, Garrett. I,
1: I had a feeling you were yeah. going to say that. Yeah, that's that sucks. But
0: Well, the reason the show got canceled is because the toys didn't sell.
2: Yeah. They should have had had the one in the wheelchair. That's all we were waiting for. So that went on for, I I think it actually made it like a full 60 episodes. 40, I think. But in the middle, middle, there's a sweet spot. Just a, hmm, do you know what I'm talking about? In a Thanksgiving episode, they bring back the like the real Ghostbusters from the cartoon. Lorenzo music mm. comes back to DuPontment. Like oh, uh, who is it? Roker does Ray, and they fight the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it's an episode. It's a two-parter. Nice. Um. Anyway, so that was ninety-seven, and again, like this is pre-internet, pre-nostalgia dumping, so, like, anytime you get your hands on something, it's just you, you mm. gobble it up, because you get what you get, and there might not be anything ever again, you don't know. But, anyway, so, fast-forwarding. We're all over, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, 97, that was extreme. 2009 is the video game, which sells phenomenally, is critically, not acclaimed, but it hits a good, like, seven-five-eight out of 10 on, on most most radars which again signals sony in the worst possible way to be like we got our marvel we got one so
1: (laughs) sony uh, uh, Mm, how did i miss it the beginning the beginning of a a woefully hilarious pattern of behavior from sony you're never going to have your marvel at this point (sighs) sony it's just not going to happen
2: the closest they got was spider-man And they had to give him back to Marvel to make money. (laughs) The irony. Um, Ooh, when Stan Lee was selling the rights to everything, he went to Sony and was like, do you want Spider-Man? They're like, yeah, we'll pay this much. He's like, I'll give you everything for an extra like 30 bucks. And they're like, no, we're good. We're going to take Spider-Man. Thanks. (laughs) And just F-O'd out the door with with the one.
0: They did. Pick a really good one. I
1: mean, they picked a very good that's one, true. but when you have like the entire roster yeah. up for like a couple, a couple bucks more, yeah. like d- d- take it, take it. Come on.
2: I mean, that being said, have you seen Sony's grosses? They might not have had the extra thirty bucks. Well, that's a
1: fair point. Cocaine budget was too high.
2: <laughs> I'm going to take a lot of Sony shots on this. Oh, so oh, oh they prep oh they've earned it. It's fine.
1: Prep our lawyers.
2: Like we have lawyers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, are we bring ready us to the yeah how do we get from awesome video game to 2016 all-lady ghostbusters
2: two big people at sony amy pascal who we've discussed mm. and michael linton that name i don't recognize no they seem to be the two big ones who wanted Reitman out of the picture. Yeah. And they went to shady levels. So, and I will say this, um, I I did the thing you don't do. I dropped into Reddit (laughs) and I went to the Ghostbusters one and I kind of posted a thing where I'm like, I, I searched, I went through, I was looking at stuff from like seven, eight years ago when this all came out. They will not post or allow posts regarding the Sony leak. Really? Because it was illegally, wow. because it was illegally gained. Hmm, yeah. So, I had to go to a worse place. I went to YouTube. <laughs> Fair games. <laughs> I went, and now this is, and this is where I'm going to get a little conspiracy theorist, but I don't think I'm that far off because it is a corporation trying to save face in their darkest
1: hour. So we'll say they allegedly did. Yes.
2: Oh, there we go. Allegedly for everything that's about to come out of <laughs> my mouth. Even though those emails are out there and you can find them. Sorry. I just. Earlier
0: didn't. today, I told Joe that I longed for conspiracy theories where there's an alien human hybrid with JFK's missing brain called a JFK alien. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I can get behind that one. Allegedly. Allegedly. There, I'm saying
2: <laughs> this one involves aliens allegedly <laughs> so 2013 uh reitman and Sony are trying to work out a Ghostbusters deal that will get something on screen that Sony can start their franchise and start raking in the the Marvel money. This? 2013-ish yeah. 2012 2013-ish Right around the time of entries. Yeah. Right. Fir- yeah.
1: Firmly established MCU territory. It-
2: yes. So they're having issues, having issues. Um at the same time, Murray is one of the four people that has to sign off. They mm-hmm. need Reitman, they need Ramus, they need Aykroyd, and they need Murray. Aykroyd, I'm pretty sure if you call and said, hey, I want to do a Ghostbusters, he will say yes before you yeah. finish the next yeah, map. That, that, <laughs> hey, I
1: want to, yes.
2: <laughs> Shadow Puppets <is> in it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death. I yeah. really do. He's just so good. He really is the heart yeah, of Ghostbusters. 100%. Ramus always just, he just wants to tell a good story, and Reitman, same deal, they just want to protect the property. As does Ackroyd. Murray, on the other hand, is the absolute holdout. In the emails that surfaced, Sony executives were planning, like, not discussing, they were in the planning stages of Picking a lawyer who could quietly sue Bill Murray into the fucking ground until he said yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. They were essentially, they're like, we're going to do it. We just need someone who will keep it out of the public eye. Just sue him right into a crater. That was, and that's kind of where it's left. There's There's deadline articles and everything that are pretty easily pulled up. On the Reitman front, which is the big one because obviously he's there to direct, he was the holdout until they could get the story that he wanted to tell that was going to circle around the original team and then let's maybe bring in some new faces. And that's when you start seeing, you know, your Hathaway, Seth Rogen, not Chris Hemsworth, uh, Tatum. Channing Tatum. Oh, Channing Tatum was part, was involved. (laughs) See, I had to bite my tongue so much during episode one. So thanks for letting me off the leash. So Channing Tatum actually reached out first to Sony saying, I have a great idea for a, for a Ghostbusters movie. I think it was going to be him and Pratt for that one or him and Rogan.
1: Uh, Given that timing, I could see, yeah, I could see either, either of those pairings being, uh, being involved.
2: Yep. Both were very tied with Sony. That is also, I think, the earliest Pratt was mentioned for Mario. Oh wow! So there's a lot of stuff being, you know, kind of tossed about, a, like how they're going to do it. And then the sad day comes in 2013 when Harold Ramis passes. Right. You know, Ramis and Mario got to bury the hatchet. They were good. You know, it's it was a sad day. I fucking cried like a little girl. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I was, I was, it was just, I was I was busted up about that one. Yep. It was really an in and era, and we we lost one of the great ones without getting too cliche. Anyway, so at that point, behind the scenes, Reitman kind of says, "Hey, I'm I'm going to step back as director. I'm going to take a producer seat on this." When he did an interview with uh, Deadline, kind of you know said as much and whatnot, allegedly. <laughs> Everything he said was scripted. Mm. Pascal and Linton approved all of it before he went to the interview, allegedly. Wow. So we don't actually... Allegedly don't know his actual feelings regarding it.
1: Holy shit. Big if true. Interesting.
2: So, at the time, now, uh, Reitman is off to the side as producer. He wants... Lord and Miller, the Lego dudes, to take over Ghostbusters. That's his, he's like, they can do it. They're gonna bring him in, we're gonna do like a little team-up movie, you're gonna, you know, get the old guys, get the young bucks in, we're gonna progress from there, same world, same story, same everything. Allegedly, Amy Pascal was very, no, that's not long-term viable. We can't be tied to this 30-year, you know, 20, 30-year-old franchise trying to abide by their rules, they want something new, something fresh. I assume the word extreme was tossed about. Whatever the kids are saying. Initially, she had wanted Mark Webb.
0: Uh, hmm.
2: At the same time, Amy Pascal really wanted a female-led something, which I can get behind. All about it. Yeah. I think it was going to be a Spider-Man-centric universe with, like, Spider-Woman, Black Cat, you know, Gwen, like, Gwen Stacy, all, you know, all the lady characters. Uh, it was going to be called Glass Ceiling. That was the working title.
1: Oh, uh, sorry. I... Glancing over that, I feel like I just got hit in the face with the point on that one. <laughs> just uh...
2: yeah. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this is some of this is like I've refreshed. Some of it might be getting a little, you know, mishmash together. It's it's a very intricate web. Thank you. So uh <laughs> that doesn't work out. Mark Webb goes on to do Spider-Man to much acclaim. We've said nothing but wonderful things from start to finish. I was in a play with Dane DeHaan once. He was actually pretty cool. <laughs> Neat. So yeah. So Pascal still pushing. She alright, doesn't get Webb, uh doesn't get web, doesn't want uh uh Lord Miller. She wants someone who will tow that fucking company line. Mm. Someone who has worked on a budget, someone who has worked with a studio, someone who knows how to, you know, is on the same page. And that leads us to my next big villain. Allegedly. Paul fucking Feig. Feig was approached by Pascal early in this. However, he turned it down. Not because he didn't want to touch a dynasty, not because he didn't want to, you know, intercede where something else was happening. Cause he didn't want to do a movie where he had to answer to someone else's vision, and he felt that Reitman had too strong feelings towards the project to work with in a way he would he would appreciate. Hmm. hmm. So Feig wanted to do it his way and would not do it otherwise, allegedly.
0: I mean, it feels like a Feig movie. It does not feel like a Ghostbusters movie.
2: Exactly. Now we get into he's going to handpick the actresses he wants. And that's where we get the four that we do with Wig, McCarthy, Jones and McKinnon, which arguably was his only good decision. Yeah. So now, allegedly, from (laughs) some thingies I found online, March 18th, 2014, that's when Reitman had the change of heart, December 7th. 2014 allegedly there was an email sent i never thought i'd be on the north korean side of something but here we are um <laughs> that's a what <laughs> that's what oh that's what the sony hack was
0: the north Korea, oh yeah, yeah. that's
2: right okay yeah Sorry. so yeah, yeah yeah and it was
0: that like if you release this movie that makes
1: oh because of the interview
0: yeah right yeah
2: yep sony already had ties with rogan ties with everyone involved um but yeah, so that's, that was the other big thing here, which uh, gave us more than we ever wanted to know about answer the call, but it also gave us Spider-Man in the MCU. So, you know, yes. Hm. So in the lead up to this, uh, it was I think Christmas Day was supposed to be the big hack drop. I don't think they ever actually made it to that. And it wasn't until about halfway through of like a three, four week endeavor that like the U.S. government even said like it was North Korea. Was it the Guardians of Peace was what they were calling themselves? But they released, they were actually really shitty. They released employee information and not like bigwigs. They were just like employee info everywhere. Isn't yeah, best? just not the heroes here. No, not at all. But they did give us some insight on the goings on, allegedly. Um, <laughs> so the rebuild or the reboot would be in a world that's never been, in, like, essentially, a world that did not know ghosts were real. Uh, the villain was supposed to be played by like a serial killer type initially the initial name thrown out was peter dinklage um <laughs> I as was like, the villain
1: <laughs> very very different vibe altogether yeah <laughs> yep
2: now that being said reitman wanted sasha baron cohen as the villain because he thought he Ooh. would do a very good job of balancing the actual horror of it and the comedy i
1: yeah. i agree with that wholeheartedly
2: some things that did carry through from like the initial pitch, it was supposed to be more like research based instead of like ghosts are real. How do we pay it? Like get people to pay us. It was supposed to be more that like four women of like different backgrounds come together to create, you know, you've got the engineer, the scientist, the believer, street smarts, essentially. Right. To bring in, to like make this group that's going to take on this Dinklage ghost who has the power to control, like to essentially pull ghosts from this other ghost world. And he's like, I'm gonna pull all the bad ones, your Gacy's, your Dahmers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, oh, no. Your Trumps. Um so, <laughs>
1: one could dream. Yep.
2: Yeah. And then the culmination of that first film, and actually, like you do see a lot of the bones of this come through. It was supposed to be, okay, the government does it. they don't admit it publicly. They would do things like, oh, there's going to be a ghost giant thing we're gonna evacuate everything call it a gas leak in the end or call it whatever you know something went a terrorist attack now it's you know but the ghostbusters went in and saved the day and the sicily strong character was from beginning to end so much so in that first email allegedly it was that a sicily strong type character would come in and publicly admonish and like personally insult the four women, but then in private be like, hey, thanks for doing that one. Great fucking job, you nailed it. (laughs) Um, And that was going to be like that relationship rather than the Walter Peck who was just like, fuck y'all the whole time. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: However, both Walter Peck and Cicely Strong dickless. So... (laughs) (laughs) That poor actor. Oh, God. So, the reason he didn't come back for Ghostbusters 2 is because Gee, I in the original script, Peck was supposed to come back. He refused because yeah. he was walking down the street, um and there's a school bus full of children. Everyone's worst nightmare. Uh, And they look out the window And they start, they see him and they're like Hey, over here, over here And he's like, oh hey, yeah, that was me in Ghostbusters Nice to see, I'm a famous actor It's my day, I got some ice cream And I'm having a nice day, I'm gonna go see my family And then one of the kids yells Yo, Dickless (laughs) Yep, yep Which prompts the rest of the school children To call him Dickless Dickless,
1: just, oh From the mouths of babes Just
2: Uh. So that was William Atherton? He's not coming back. No. Um, (laughs) So now you've got Paul Feig in charge. From there, it was a little bit of a steam run in. Reitman's out of the picture. Now they, uh, you know, Murray's finally signed off and just said, whatever, do it. Rumor (laughs) has it, with the help of McCarthy, after working on... I think Saint it was St. Vincent's, Vincent's mm-hmm. together. She would be like, I'm a Ghostbuster. Come on out. And he really liked her. And he spoke about it in interviews as much as well. Again, Ernie Hudson was on board, but he did say it was a bad idea. Hmm. Ackroyd, same deal. Like, Ackroyd's actually always championed the female Ghostbuster aspect, but has been lukewarm on the actual execution.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair. Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. Reitman, kind of. <laughs> Covered himself pretty well. He was very like, "Hey, you gotta Ghostbusters, have fun." <laughs> not what I envisioned, but I hope you enjoy that kind of. I,
1: I can't say I blame him for handling it that way. You're trying to be trying to be yeah. diplomatic in those situations, especially with the allegedlies back
2: there. Hmm. Some day when we're not on mic, I'll tell you everything I found.
1: I am very curious for that, but yeah.
2: <laughs> There were a couple of posts and a couple of rumors that came out that filming was very rough. Uh, McCarthy and a an unnamed female co star had a battle of the egos. I have my theories, but it was one of those like we need to make sure they have the same amount of screen time, same amount of lines.
1: A oh, one of those, okay. Yep. Um uh, one and of Mickey the Mouse four. Or Roger
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Then uh, what was it? Uh, rumors Kristen Wiig would be heard in her trailer, just like on the phone calling friends. Like the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> oh, um, I
0: believe that one. I believe that
2: rumor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been and that rumor. then <laughs> probably about me. And then also rumors of like Fig just going off and crying.
1: Oh, oh. but <laughs> I don't
2: know if it was because he. Had to do so many musical numbers, or if he didn't get enough musical numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was something else I found, which actually (laughs) makes sense.
1: Just really a better form of movie.
2: Um, It would have been a much better, like, so the whole dance thing at the end with, like, the cops and soldiers dancing was supposed to be a concept from that original, like, pitch where the Rowan character wanted to embarrass the US government and military. Oh yeah, that's that's a way to do that. Yeah, you you force them
1: to you force them to mime your or to mimic your dancing. Yeah,
2: other stuff in the lead up. uh, This was all supposed to be part of a franchise where that mid credit scene where they mentioned Zul, that was supposed to kick off into so we'd get the sixteen Fig Ghostbusters. Rogan was supposed to have his own. Uh, I think that was going to be Rogan and um, Channing Tatum doing their Ghostbusters. And then on an offshoot, they were supposed to have a Slimer, like, kids movie or cartoon they were going to do. And that's where um, Slimer gets the lady Slimer. That was supposed to be oh, part of it. Like, this was happened. all. Yeah, yeah, we all tried awful. to. <laughs> and then the last so it was going to be this one sets up Zool. Next one, you're going to meet. Keymaster and Gatekeeper, and then the third, the teams were going to come together, pull in the Slimer cartoon, and they were going to face off against Gozer. Allegedly,
1: allegedly, that's who. Wow, that is a that is a, a lot to. That's ambitious <laughs> to think that that was all going to come together.
0: And now, my gift to you: a commercial break. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, welcome back. Are we recording? I hope so. <laughs> I'm, oh, it's gonna be a fun one. That's uh, fine. I put a new are.
1: wax cylinder in the in the in the, the, <laughs> in the
0: phonograph. We're fine. Uh, so, w- thank you, Toaster, for that well-researched and uh, some would say obsessive uh, <laughs> knowledge of allegedly allegedly <laughs> of uh, the Ghostbusters franchise maybe someday we'll, we'll have you on to cover ghostbusters Afterlife and ghostbusters it was chilly outside what are they calling the next one i don't remember i just know it's sh- it showing like frosty ghost <laughs> i
2: i hope it's hell is be, over that'd i think that that
1: would be that would be, be a cool um, title
0: I don't even want to rewatch it again because I got so fucking sad when they had Ghost Egon. And was... So uh... I,
1: I am I am already aware of Ghost Egon. Yeah, that that got spoiled for me. Oh, like, oh right. Shortly after the release, yeah. I it it's you try. I, I appreciate you trying to save me on that one. I
0: but... <laughs> I maybe it's because I've been researching for this episode, but my algorithms were like, hey, you know, what you would like you big fucking nerd. A Funko, and I'm like probably, and it's like, As what a ghost if e-gun. What if it's ghosty? I'm like, no, that's no! so sad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what? mine was unaffected.
0: <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's that one gets me, and David Bowie. Those those are the two deaths oh, that I like still fucking it, hurt.
1: It, it, for me, the the ones that I, I don't think I'll ever truly get over. Uh-huh. It's Bowie, it's Ramus, it's Robin Williams, oh, and yeah.
0: and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I wasn't a big uh, Hoppin fan. Not that I dislike him, just that I didn't watch a lot of his movies. I really liked him. I but just, uh... I'm an incredible actor in what I've seen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Robin Williams, that is. A... That one's still, that, ugh, that hurts, G- uh, hurts well, so bad. now that we're all sad, nope. um, <laughs> I think we should replace Kristen <laughs> Wiig with Sandra Bullock. Um, I would like to replace Leslie Jones with Kiki Palmer. Those are my two switches. Hmm
1: was Kiki Palmer acting in tw- in 2016 I'm not entire- oh, yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not wholly aware of, of most of her career. So, I only really know her from Nope.
0: I know her I knew her f- from Scream Queens actually. Oh. Um yeah, so the huh. first season of Scream Queens they have they introduced like the protagonist and then Kiki Palmer's the like fun sidekick, but then everybody's like oh shit, the sidekick's like way more talented. She's a really and, good like, actress. <laughs> Just- way more entertaining to watch. So in the second season they're like Oops, where'd that one go?
1: He, so she just usurped the show. Yeah,
0: basically. Yeah, um, and she's incredible. And then she was also in the I think it was MTV um, Scream TV series oh. for a bit. Um, so yeah, she was she was a little younger, but I kind of like that that you have these uh, women that are a little older, but then you have like the younger. Um,
1: a younger, a younger kind of, kind of streetwise, yeah, uh, member uh, that could be interesting. Also,
0: different kind of humor.
1: True. Yeah, you're diversifying the mm-hmm. humor a little bit, so it's not quite the SNL heavy style.
0: Yeah. I so I'm not the person to fix this. Just like I was not the person to, to, fi- s- to fix the to fi- wand. It's f- certainly not that. I'm talking in the past tense for an episode that we haven't recorded yet. Oh, gotcha. Uh, not wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the uh person to fix love guru because again these are not humor styles that i enjoy Uh, Fair sketch comedy and me don't get along (laughs) uh but kiki palmer is fucking hilarious and i would love to see her interact with holtzman the idea of kiki palmer and kate mckinnon interacting is fun well because kiki palmer is going to be hilarious but also the more like grounded person like what the fuck are these people doing that's that's the person i miss because the winston was like you're paying me i'm here i don't know the fuck's going on (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a joke from the first Ghostbusters that i didn't understand as a kid yeah and it just pops in my head all the time and i think it's when they're talking to the mayor and winston's like i've seen shit that would turn you white White. (laughs) yes (laughs) and like as as a kid, I was like, oh, like in cartoons, when the person like, goes white as a sheet. <laughs> like, no, Jack. Nope. <laughs> no, no, not
1: like that, Jack.
0: <laughs> Winston truly is my favorite character. Oh, God, Winston's I so, so
1: good. I, I, I love him.
0: They're all good, but Winston just like, <laughs> I
1: feel you. Ernie Hudson's delivery is just
0: <sighs> I wish he was he were in more things, because he was yes. also in Crow, and those are, I think, the only two things I
2: know him oh, from. Oh, man. The Substitute, was that him?
0: I'm
2: i do not familiar don't
0: remember Was he the villain? Ernie Hudson's a villain?
2: He does pop up in, like, so huh. many things. He's always – he steals yeah, whatever Yeah, he's, 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 he's a in. really
0: good, like, character actor. Pops in for a scene, steals it, and he's a guy piece um But Kiki Palmer also is kind of like that. So I wanted Sandra Bullock because, one, I think she would do it because she's worked with Fig and she's worked with McCarthy. And, and they I,
1: tend to work well together. Yeah.
0: Sandra Bullock is really good at playing the kind of, like, headstrong, but, like, secretly low self-esteemed character. And I think that's... Kristen Wiig also does that, but is not good at the, like, headstrong part. We need the, the, the like, Captain Ahab. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Um, I can definitely see how Bullock would be a stronger choice on that front. So, like, intense and determined, but secretly fragile. Plays well off of McCarthy. Is trying to get tenure, but is conflicted because she's been obsessed with breaking through the barrier since she was a child and her mom died. So we had that like one scene in the 2016 version where uh, Wig is talking about this like next door neighbor or whatever who dies and she like sees her. She stands at the foot of her bed for like an entire
1: year. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I liked that element, but I was like, you could have made it more personal and therefore more driven. So, Later, when the barrier is being broken down, she's conflicted because she's like, Well, I kind of want to see my mom, but Hmm. also ghost world bad. It's
1: interesting, it's an interesting dynamic Mm because she's so like like the Aaron that we see Mm -hmm. with Kristen Wigg is so determined to protect the barrier. Like, it's yeah. not, like, she, she isn't, like, like, once once she's brought back into the ghost hunting, or the ghost busting world, or the ghost ex, uh, research world, the barrier is, it has to be a constant for her, otherwise, this hell is, breaks loose.
0: Right. This this is a very different, this is an entirely different character, sure. really. Uh, it's, like, half Bill Pullman from Casper <laughs> trying to find his, like, dead wife, and I can't actually see what Matt's doing. Uh, I-
1: <laughs> Uh, he put. He put his. Uh...
2: Casper can is canon to Ghostbusters. He is.
1: It is. That's, uh I did not. Reitman has I said did so. Not know that. Who said? Who said it? Reitman. Apparently. No shit. Ivan Reitman. Uh, Ivan Reitman has said that. Honestly. I. I have. I have no idea. That's
0: Ray, Ray's in it.
2: Dan Aykroyd has yeah. a cameo. Is Ray? You call
0: someone else. <laughs> yeah. But like. Oh my god. Tone wise, it it works. Like, they both have a very similar tone. I love that. I'm going to have a double feature later. Anyway. uh, (laughs) But it's like like half that, half Dr. Frankenstein. Like, can we break through this barrier? I kind of think I can. Okay. And I'm motivated to do so. I know it's a bad idea. But. But. Still has anger problems, but, like, more so because it's Sandra Bullock and she can play that better. So she's still going to punch Chris Gethard she's in the face. definitely going to do that. But, okay. like, it looks like that. Whereas, like, Kristen Wiig, I'm like, that probably didn't hurt. Sandra Bullock, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, yeah, he probably, like, fucked that guy's face up. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy essentially stays the same. She still has her style of humor. I want to make her, like, the kind of more like the Ray, right? Has all the weird knowledge, super into it, but also, like, very loyal. Um and I love the way that she plays off a of Bullock. I also want to change her to being a high school science teacher rather than like I think she's like community college or whatever. Something
1: like that. It's a little it's a little unclear what this institution is yeah. cuz it's seems to be like shadily funded and <laughs> run by like a violent incompetent weirdo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I wanted to push them more towards being working class again and having a high school teacher who like on the side is trying to still live out their childhood dream of finding ghosts okay felt more real to me um Kate McKinnon is exactly the same only overtly gay good yeah yeah okay um should have been is now um <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of this in the movie with her hitting on wig for like a her, second like and I'm but I'm like just all out Wants to fuck Bullock. Also, so she specifically works at the Chinese restaurant and at the high school and has a third job. She's she's my she's the millennial vibe. I mean, she's not uh, actually, but like she's working three jobs. Just a teacher. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, a Chinese restaurant is a, uh, a high school teacher <laughs> and has like a third job. Probably um, a DJ r- remote. Yeah, DJ, DJ. DJ on the weekends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should probably be a really good DJ. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's always getting Benny to cover her shifts. Because <laughs> she's like kind of flaky, but also super busy. And like Benny's always going to be like, yeah, I guess. Right, so you used to
1: wrote Benny in a little bit more. Yeah. More meaningfully.
0: Yes. Uh, and then Kiki Palmer is um, younger generation, quippy, grounded in reality. I was a little hesitant to have her connecting with Bullock, especially over um, – they both have a need to get shit done. Okay. They're both like down to business, whereas Melissa McCarthy's like off in Ghost Land and Holtzman is Holtzman.
1: <laughs> so do you think like like do you think they butt heads a little bit? No, and- I'm
0: hesitant because of Bullock's history with The Blind Side? B- the blind side.
1: Yes. I will say that's not Bullock's fault. That's not her fault. It's not her it's, fault. Uh,
0: whew, God. I don't even want to go into it. Let's just say that that true story is maybe not so true and is problematic. Um, also, Chris Hemsworth, uh, I did I did hear you, Toaster. You did say Hemsworth. I heard it. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I'd miss it, but I didn't. I missed it. <laughs> you said it, and then you immediately went on to um, Channing Tatum, but I caught it. Anyway, <laughs> so Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> exactly the same person, except...
1: We see him play the, the, the saxophone.
0: <laughs> I really think he should been a flute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> saxophone feels a little on the nose. Uh, is actually named Oscar, but his friends call him Kevin.
1: Oscar, Ooh.
0: huh? Nice. And <laughs> but his friends call him Kevin because okay. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of of
1: sorry Oscar grew up to be such a fucking idiot, but (laughs) well, he takes
0: after his dad. Oh, fair. Um, okay. So the, the (laughs) the general plot is a little darker because I, I am, I am me. Um, so the ghostbusters and the ghostbusters likeness are now privately owned and have a government contract with the city government. Uh, ghostbusters was bought out after they were sued into the ground following the statue of Liberty incident. The company is run by a power hungry madmen who won't let the ghosts be ghosts? Um, stay dead, you know. P- thing of the past. <clears throat> Definitely not a metaphor for the Ghostbusters and Sony. In in Assage in general, uh, the person who runs the corporation is Walter Peck. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> we still have um, the Neil Casey's Ronin character because he's he leans more into the dark magic stuff. He's just like a big. They're like, oh, that big nerd that knows how to do the dark magic, and therefore the whole plan is Walter Peck runs Ghostbusters Core, which is a plot thread that Ackroyd threw around for a little bit. And the only reason there is a Ghostbusters Core is because Rowan is releasing the easy peasy ghosts here and there for Ghostbuster Core to capture.
1: As a distraction.
0: Partially the distraction in league with the mayor because the government sucks.
1: Um, uh, a shout out to Andy Garcia who played the mayor in this, no, he did yeah, that it selection. was actually kind of good, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah he's um, really good in that. So, mm-hmm. anytime there needs to be a distraction or it's an election year, or anytime the mayor needs to look good, he's like, Look, I brought in Ghostbusters, <laughs> they were my idea with my good buddy Walter Peck, who definitely has a penis. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's um, his contract that i have to address i that have way. to address it <laughs> i've jailed 376 school students for calling him dickless this year alone
0: <laughs> i love that riker
1: rikers got unfortunate <laughs> on another level
0: mm. uh, so this is what it does for the story Let's push through that um they are once again working class heroes Sure. Um they do have a legacy villain plus the creepy incel plus the fucking government. They have all these villains that are human. Yeah. They are demonizing the media because Walter Peck fucking hates them. Yeah. Wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. Um yeah,
1: he he ruined they ruined his tenure at the EPA.
0: And they uh, gave him an unfortunate name.
2: Yeah. Dumped a bunch of marshmallows.
1: A ton of yeah. marshmallow. He got real gooey. Shaving
0: cream, actually. Yeah, I know. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah,
2: And they did no. not tell him it was about to happen.
1: Yeah, honestly, oh, no. I feel really bad for that actor. Um, <laughs> oh, that's just rude.
0: Now, I think he had a reaction, too. I think it's getting... Oh, come better. on. Yeah, God. it's just like, this poor actor really doesn't deserve all this. Um. So, what Peck doesn't know is that Rowan is planning to betray him because his boss is a Chad. And ah. Rowan is an incel. Yeah. So the threat of, of like, old friends burying the hatchet, getting back together, or, like, getting together to do this Ghostbusting thing, that, that all remains the same. However, they cannot legally call themselves the Ghostbusters because that's owned by Walter Peck. What they can call themselves <laughs> is the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Which, I, I don't
0: know how... Well, it's known by non-nerds, but the reason The Real Ghostbusters is called The Real Ghostbusters because is because already cartoon a cartoon and... by, I think, Funimation or something called The Ghostbusters. With the yeah, with a gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. Uh, um,
1: there are several – I've seen several YouTube uh, videos on this subject. So, yeah. No, it, people okay, are so aware of Okay,
0: so kind of know. It. So Winston is introduced early, not Uncle – I don't know what they call him in the movie, but it is it is Winston. <laughs> He does run a funeral home. It is definitely a front for catching ghosts with Ray.
1: <laughs> that, that fucking rules, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so whenever Peck's Ghostbusters are unable to handle a thing, they do it. They're taking care of like the actual- The real threats. The real threats. The real Ghostbusters become public knowledge when the dragon ghosts that we see in the movie- Is it becomes too much for Peck's Ghostbusters? Why was that thing a dragon? It was stupid. It doesn't make any sense.
2: I hated that entire scene. Except for the mannequin. Mannequin mannequin was was good. Mannequin
1: was very good. But it should have been like a ghost of a person inside of it. Why was it like a winged demon thing? Like
2: all the ghosts in the original were people. Why did they have Ozzy Osbourne and make up a band? Nobody knows. (sighs) I forgot that. You know, Um, I didn't think about that actually. But you're right. Uh, <laughs> so it- I have a tremendous pet peeve where when they do any kind of band thing in like a movie, like, dude, pull a local band, do anything. Yeah. If you go do the <laughs> Ghostbusters thing, like it, they're referencing everything anyway. Called the band the Scalari Brothers.
0: Ooh That would be pretty cool.
2: I like that. A total Platonic reverse something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue.
0: So you know how we, we all kind of liked the tenure aspect. Yeah. But it ended too soon.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, in this version, it doesn't end until the real Ghostbusters show up. It's not a dragon. We can make whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. It's it's the Schlerie brothers again. They've shown up. I I like them. They were kind I like the Schlerie brothers. Um, yeah. When the real Ghostbusters take care of it, all of their equipment is taken into custody, and this is when the mayor calls up the uh, head of Columbia, whatever dean or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, you got to get rid of this teacher because." I'm the mayor and evil. Listen, i <laughs> they, they're not all winners. Um, so Bullock is then removed from staff. This is when the ghost was just kind of like crack. Sure. She's like, I just lost tenure because of this stupid shit. They don't have the equipment. Rowan's out there releasing big monster ghosts that Peck's guys can't handle. Um, and this is when Kevin arrives with the equipment. And they're like, how did you get her equipment? he's like, oh, I called um, my mom's friends and asked for help. (laughs) Uh, And the other three guys in the car, or the other three people in the car, are Ray, Winston, and Dana. Yeah. Because his mom's Dana. Because his mom's Dana, yeah, because he's Oscar. Because he's Oscar. Yeah. He's very pretty and kind (laughs) of dumb. This is when we we learned that he's Oscar, because Dana, his mom, calls him
1: Oscar. Yeah, it's the big reveal.
0: Yeah. Oscar asks where dad is. Oh yeah, I don't like that thread. I initially I was keeping Bill Murray's cameo the same, right? So he was the non-believer, right? Who um, gets yeeted out of window? Gets yeeted out of window. Yeah. And initially I was he like did that because he wanted to unnecessarily test to see if they were competent enough to be Ghostbusters, hmm. uh, and it is now in the hospital. Um, and part of that I did because I assumed Bill Murray would not want to. Cooperate. <laughs> sure. So I was like, okay, well, if he's just like a bandaged dude in a bed mumbling, that could be anybody. Uh I don't really <laughs> like that thread. Anyway, so th- they've been trying to fix this movie for like what 25, 30 years, and I had five days. So like <laughs> listen. Uh what, Rowan turns what, the what year is it? <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> it's like 60 years they've been working on this film. Um <laughs> so rowan turns the corporate logo of the Ghostbusters. Tur- turns into the kind of like they kind of do it in the movie but I want it to be like very blatant that the corporate logo mm-hmm. is the villain uh, his name
2: is Moogly Moogly the what? name of the ghost and the no ghost logo his, the ghost's I, name I, is name I didn't know he had a name really yeah. Moogly someone married me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you hear that you filthy incels <laughs> oh. There's somebody out there for everyone. Everyone
1: has someone. There's Everyone stands a chance. Um, Love is real, damn it.
0: So Rowan becomes moogly? Sure. He then turns his Chad boss, Walter Peck, into some other monster. It could be a giant Walter Peck. It doesn't matter. Just a giant dick. Just a giant dick, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I had a dick, <laughs> uh, th- which causes the two teams to split up the real Ghostbusters, the women. Oh,
1: no, Rowan would turn him into a giant Ken doll.
0: Oh, yeah, so
1: it, be- so it becomes dickless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, the rights on this are so screwed. Yeah, um, honestly, <laughs> can we do a, a copyright safe version of a Ken doll? Uh, anyway, uh, real Ghosters go off to fight Rowan and the OG Ghostbusters. So Winston Ray, um, Dana. Yeah. No, I
2: mean this
0: And yeah. and Oscar, and Oscar, because I really want to see Sigourney Weaver act with Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, the dummy.
1: I would love that. That um, would be absolutely
0: beautiful. Like, loves her son to death. <laughs> fully aware he's an idiot oh yeah <laughs> um <laughs> they go to like fight the corporate overlords I mean Walter Peck I mean Sony <laughs> the end <laughs> uh, hey, May- uh mayor is ousted because of evil bullshit I, I did not know to end this r- r- rights river back t- oh t- Jack why do you do this so having outed the mayor for doing evil mayor things mm-hmm. the right and Walter Peck as is now a giant Ken doll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a weird twist. Uh, the rights, You're welcome. The rights revert back to the original owners. The, the Ghostbusters rights revert back to the original owners, which would be Egon, but Egon has passed away. Uh-huh. So it would be so. Egon's children, someone called Callie, which effectively ties together the four teams, because that would be the, the team that's in Afterlife. Afterlife. Okay. Yeah. Did I say four? I did. Yep, because the Extreme Ghostbusters were put together during the secret (laughs) Ghostbuster years by Egon. You want a nostalgia? Here you go. Eat it. Eat all the nostalgia.
2: Where were you when Sony needed a good idea? Because you just tied, like, everything they wanted, and they're too dumb to realize you were taking shots at them.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real. you. Um, Jack, I, I know this is gonna hurt you. I hate this. This is gonna hurt you when I say this. I hate this, and idea. I, but I mean, I mean it in a complimentary way. I promise. You just did a Matrix Four. I want to cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means.
1: <laughs> no, because it's a meta because it's a meta joke about Sony's bullshit and that's what Matrix 4 is was a meta um, was a meta commentary on Warner Brothers bullshit.
0: Oh, I didn't watch it. And the of reception place. of their own movies.
1: And the reception of their own movies. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it it when well, I need to rewatch. oh god, now I have to rewatch Matrix 4. <laughs> No, it's, it's, I'll, just, I'll watch a video essay. It's, it's not. All.
1: It's not subtle. Okay, it's not <laughs> subtle. It's, it's, it's that that scene where John Groff and Keanu Reeves first sit down together mm-hmm. and they're like, so our our parent company at Warner Brothers Entertainment <laughs> has decided they want to make another Matrix.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. Like it is. It's not I it's kind of bleached that it's text movie it's, from my like, there's,
0: there's no subtext, right. it's just text. But somebody from Warner <laughs> Brothers <laughs> was like, Yeah, sounds good. It was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. Good. We I did
1: was like, do it. We're gonna that. make yeah. so many monies. <laughs> That's exact yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it.
0: <laughs> well, here you go, Sony.
2: <laughs> hey, do you know what we didn't talk about at all? What didn't we talk about at all? The entire final scenes
1: that's true yeah we really didn't talk at all about like the final
2: battle scenes um but which by the way i really dug i really enjoyed that i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna use my authority as yeah lord of podcasts to not do that
1: (laughs) i I think we i
2: think we could leave we could leave it as it was was a fun sequence Um, How many people need to download this to get me to have you do, like, Ghostbusters (laughs) Answer the Call Part (laughs) 2? I will hire Russian bots.
0: Do I get to provide the meta-commentary and be the Bill Murray who just never reads the script? Just is not present? Um, I could do a cameo for that episode.
1: I could could kill you in the first reel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: sorry, <laughs> I will show up, talk some shit on you guys, and then get thrown out the window <laughs> if if we do it like that, and it's the first floor because <laughs> we're currently on the second floor. listen, I only need to fall off the second floor of the house once in my life yeah it's no it's just... not it's not fun um, I mean, I was very drunk, so it didn't matter um. <laughs> Don't do that. No, bad idea. Bad. Pe- people died. <laughs> Zero to ten. Um, so... <laughs> What'd you think of the fix?
2: I thought it was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I would really watch that movie. Yeah. And I'm very, very, you know, discerning when it comes to Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> well, I hated it. <laughs> um, I don't think it would work. You don't think it would I don't work? think it w- would it make money? Yes. Yeah. Do I think it would work as a movie that is good? No.
2: I don't know. Technically this made money. Yeah. 2016, 144 for a box o- or for a budget and it brought in I think 2 something.
0: I mean, he, will it make money? Yes. It will it be good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the the box office is not an indicator as to whether or not a movie is good or not.
1: That's, I mean, yeah, if um, we've learned anything.
0: So with the remaining time that we have, I would like to brief, briefly discuss uh, whether or not legacy sequels work as a good movie. So I'm thinking uh, the specifically the Star Wars trilogy sequel, 789. Okay. I'm thinking of of legacy sequels that specifically try to replace the former characters with new characters. The new team shows up. And the two that I thought of while I was trying to go to sleep last night was Star Wars mm. and Tron. <laughs> I've still not seen the more recent it, it, Tron. D- did you listen to the soundtrack? No. You should listen to the soundtrack. Well, it's yeah. Daft Punk, isn't it's it? It's Daft Punk. Okay. Well, good. yeah,
1: I'll yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. Don't
0: listen. Don't watch the movie. I mean, the movie's fine. <laughs> you you could just put it on and listen to the soundtrack parts.
1: Just like so, like, put the movie on, mute it, and then put the soundtrack on. Yeah. So like I'm watching the Penguins game, but I want to listen to the radio broadcast. Yeah. Okay. I
0: guess is that what sports people do?
1: Sometimes, like, <laughs> if you don't like the TV broadcast commentators, but you really want to listen to commentary while you're watching what's happening, but you, so you like the radio comment. This is not relevant. Let's go. Let's keep going. Sure.
2: So do you just like watch Angels in the Outfield, but throw on like a baseball game in the background? <laughs> and just be like, I think this is. I want to watch the movie, but I want to know how the Pirates are. That's doing. like. Nobody,
0: Four?
1: nobody wants to know how the pirates are doing. <laughs> that's,
0: that's like some 4D movie watching right there. <laughs> oh God,
1: what was I talking about? I know, I uh,
2: I'll actually put out one of the rare ones where legacies actually work. Funny enough, full circle, afterlife.
0: Did it? I see. I still haven't seen it, so I can't
2: judge. Let's not go down that. Let's not go. Down okay, that. for right. me, it did.
0: <laughs> for me, it for was me, I sat with two.
2: I, I sat next to two of my oldest friends, all huge like ghost heads, and like we just like wept, like at the end, like that's what wow. we wanted.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, when Ghost Egon showed up, I also cried, but uh, tears don't th- mean it was good.
2: I, I think, I, mean, it- I think true testament will be if the next one works.
0: Fair. I want to watch it again before I make a decision. I was kind of underwhelmed the first time I watched it, but it's kind of like, how do you make a sequel in the same timeline and have it live up to expectations? But that's also kind of the point I'm trying to make is can you have a legacy film where you're passing the torch and have it, um, be a satisfying movie It's oh, not boy. just nostalgia farming. So
1: I guess the only the only meaningfully meaningful way that I can engage with this, and I'm so mad, is Star Wars. Right? <laughs> it's the yeah. only real way that I can engage with this discussion because it's the only legacy on that, like in that vein mm-hmm. that I that I have that experience with. And there's Jurassic Park movies. I. Mm.
0: No, don't no talk about those. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. I I watched I've I've seen the first of those. Yeah, me too. And I I, I didn't land for me. But nah, no, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. When like when when I saw The Force Awakens for the first time, my my reaction was, okay, that was basically a New Hope all over again. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hate it. It did what I wanted the movie to do, which was recapture the magic of Star Wars as I remembered it. Which arguably that level of nostalgia is the one is that's JJ Abrams wheelhouse as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's not a good storyteller. <laughs> but but he'll he'll get you he'll get you with he'll get you with the visual magic of a he'll nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll get you. He'll
0: get you. He'll find you. I like the first forty minutes or so. I like everything and, up until they show up at what's her face's bar and tavern.
1: See, I like I I liked sure. uh tavern. I just wish that she I, I wish that that setup had gone anywhere in the
2: future.
0: Well, that's just the story starts falling apart at that point. Does it? Yeah.
2: Why? why, why so JJ is that? Abrams special.
0: What's up? <laughs> well, they lose momentum for one. Okay. I'm. I should probably say I've not re- rewatched this movie since I saw it in theaters, whatever year that came out.
1: I, I'll. I know I've rewatched it once since
0: then but it's Um, been a while but the it becomes a lot of and thens at that point
1: ah okay
0: so it's just like Uh beat and beat and beat but not really like connective tissue Hmm. Uh, it's like we got a Death Star we got to fight also this scene's happened also um, gotta ruin your favorite character you
1: gotta ruin your favorite character
0: Yeah, you gotta kill him I guess yeah, but he wasn't going to do it otherwise. That's fine. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, fair. <laughs> I should. Right. Okay, spoilers. The conclusion I came up with is: if you're going to have a legacy team, that's, I would rather see an original product mm-hmm. with an maybe even similar idea, rather than trying to milk nostalgia and force a good story out of it. <clears throat> like I would
1: rather they don't milk nostalgia to force a good story out of it. I do agree with you there. I think I think like the spirit of what they were kind of trying to go for, uh-huh. or at least what it felt like they were trying to go for with the new Star Wars trilogy, I think could have worked. Where because like the the idea being that like you had this new team, but like overall like each of those movies was supposed to be f- like, one for each of the big three. Or where, mm-hmm. where the first one's Han's movie, the second one's Luke's movie, the last one's Leia's movie. Right. Of course, right, you know, yeah. life kind of came and fucked that up a yeah. little bit. But you need... If you're going to go about it the way they were, you need mm-hmm. very clear and intentional yeah. collaboration and cooperation between the filmmakers, of which there was very obviously none. Like, after... Like the after rise of skywalker came out it was like they basically admitted no there was not there was no uh, consultation between yeah. abrams and johnson which is the biggest fucking mistake wild. in the fucking world like how on earth would you do that and how much like Like, I would almost, if you're gonna gonna do that, then just, like, fuck off, don't let J.J. Abrams come back, keep Colin Trevorrow, or hire somebody else, Nia DaCosta, uh, Taika Waititi, who fucking cares, somebody else. Or, you have one person who carries it through all three, and has a cohesive vision for how it's going to grow, so that it is actually a well-stewarded story.
0: That should have been Kathleen Kennedy.
1: But But I mean she's an executive though. She's not Right. She, like, she's not in that creative seat. Sorry, Matt Matt's been trying to get a word in edgewise while I've ranted here.
2: No, no, I'm also just reacting. My point I was gonna make is this is the first time we get legacy movies. That's also It's true. a whole new it's a whole new genre. No one's figured it out yet because this is our first go around. We've had remakes, we've had but I mean, up until recently, people didn't even really care about sequels. Like, look, it was, they used it to get people in the door. Besides, like, Star Wars and a few big ones. But, like, look at Jaws. So you've got Jaws, huge, the biggest, like, uh, the original blockbuster. Everyone comes out to see it. Jaws 2. Cool. Everyone's already coming. Cut the budget in half. Get a script out now. Jaws 3. People came out. Do it again. Budget in half. Get butts in seats. This is the first time, again, with the exceptions of the rare ones like Star Wars, and honestly, that's kind of Indiana Jones, where we're seeing this, like, companies have realized what nostalgia can be, and how you can use that as a draw. And actually putting, like, real resources into it. Exactly. So it's still companies, creators trying to find a way to make these stories viable with actors who, you know, if they did it 20 years ago, who says they want to do it now? who says they want to come back and and revisit these, especially there's a big difference between the actors who started these roles, you know, and the actors who grew up loving them and are helping kick off this nostalgia then. Because if you called any actor and they're like, do you want to be a Ghostbuster? Yes. Do you want to be an Indiana Jones? Yes. Do you want to see a dinosaur in Jurassic Park? Absolutely. No one's saying no. Emma Stone did. Emma Stone did. Yeah. All right. Some some people say no. But (laughs) valid, okay. But nine times out of ten, if you reach out, I I was reading something like every every cast member of Ghostbusters was like, "I want to do this. I've always wanted to be a Ghostbuster." We're the generation of I got into acting, you know, because I love this movie, and this is one of the first times. Got into acting because you want to be a Ghostbuster. Cool, there's a Ghostbuster movie. I got into because I wanted to be Batman. Cool, here's a Batman movie. This is the first time we're getting legacy. So the creators have to catch up with what audiences want today. Hey,
1: everyone. Uh, Joe from the future here, uh, editing Joe, chiming in real quick. Matt reached out to me and wanted me to put in a quick note here. Uh, he's aware of the idea of like sequels and franchise storytelling throughout film history. He's not saying that those are new things here. This is all specifically pertaining to the sort of revival of uh, pop culture narratives, from the past, like thirty years today, and the way the studios are kind of handling or mishandling that, and the ways that uh, that actors are getting into those sort of things. It's not a, a a broad sweeping statement about the entirety of film history. It's a you know contextual note about what we're what we're experiencing today. That's it. Just wanted to make sure you know no one's tweeting at somebody who doesn't not on Twitter. All right, back to the show. So there's a matter. So there's a matter of a of figuring out how to work that without it being just a nostalgic cash grab with it actually being a unique, interesting story that's worth telling.
2: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is the first time we're getting legacy films. It's been happening in plays for years. I just had, I had to be that obnoxious person. Sorry. <laughs> a, a lot of like ancient Greek plays had <laughs> came in trilogies, but it's, it's fine in cinema. This is a newer thing. Anyway.
2: I'm Gotta go pull out my Greeks. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: did I have I already said what my hope is with the strike? Did we already talk about that? I think we did. Refresh my memory because it's a different episode. Speci- <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Specifically that the big ten pole films kind of collapse in on themselves and we get a bunch of mid level Oh yeah, that
1: yeah. we see like a new a new revival of, of like the mid budget drama or mid budget comedy that you know that becomes more independently feasible.
0: I – yes. I think that perhaps much like when we're talking about sketch comedy, I'm not the audience for this. I would prefer to have everything collapse in on itself and go back to the new Hollywood era. Yeah,
1: but there's a problem there too in that you, you, you can't – you can never go back home, right? Like you can't – like there's no real going back to to what was new Hollywood. Um, kind of. I mean – like i mean just based on like the studio conditions right like like sure. hollywood's a completely different beast than it once was oh certainly
0: i mean just the invention of digital cinema has j- made it so that more people have access to the equipment to make films i mean look at us couple of fucking assholes look at us look, look at us um, fucking chuds over here yeah. yeah i've been
1: listening to um i've been listening to an audiobook uh um, oscar wars mm-hmm. where it's it, going all the way back to like the formation of the of the uh the academy and all the drama of like how how the awards came to become the force that they were and how that's influenced the business and how the businesses influenced the reward the awards and so on and so forth. And the in like it's it is largely a journey through the uh through the various eras of Hollywood. And I'm literally in I'm like in the middle of like the new Hollywood mm-hmm. chapter right now. Like they're talking about Nashville and Barry Lyndon and yeah. Jaws and you know what uh what you know, whatever else uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh like they're talking about all that stuff mm-hmm. uh and it's fascinating like the entire ride up to this point has been fascinating but like all of that was born out of like the original studio system which right. then fell subject to the Hayes code which then fell prey to the uh the house committee on, on american activities and you know the blacklists and all that shit and then the struggles of the The dying out, like old artists who are washed up has-beens and the new ki- the new kids coming up, and the fucking hippies, and like all this ah, ah, there's so much. And yeah. but the cultural context. I'm getting and, so and, erect right now. What I just, <laughs> just I, I, the cum out there? Just, <laughs> just, I, it's under the sink <laughs> where we've always kept it. <laughs> uh, the cultural and uh-huh. political and economic forces that were Hollywood aren't that anymore it is but and therefore but and therefore like a a new new hollywood Mm -hmm. could arise and should arguably but you know it's not going to be the same thing that like kubrick and all them came up in like it's not it'll be it'll be a new beast it'll be it honestly it would be fascinating
0: i think what i'm longing for are those mid-budget dramas those more character-driven pieces. So in that sense it would be similar but you're right in the way that like the studio would not have their big meaty paws on it. And that's
1: that is I think the biggest change that needs to take place, mm-hmm. right? Like cuz right now we, we're we're so deep into the era of studio interference mm-hmm. of uh, of executives that are driven or that are driven so much by line go up and yeah. I have an MBA. The more so much more so than i have an interest in facilitating a a, a place where amazing stories can be told you know because i mean we have people like david Zaslov who don't even seem like they actually like film
0: right like it's just well who was it, who was it that um perlmutter ike perlmutter yeah yeah he was a toy guy he was a toy guy yeah I'm going to throw out this wild idea and then end the episode because I got to go to bed. That's fair. Um, late. Do you think that this wave of nostalgia legacy sequels, et cetera, is a symptom of late stage capitalism? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a, in a
1: way. Yeah. Yes. I think it's more complicated than that, but I'm not going to get into that for the sake of time. Okay. Uh, Matt, what are your really quick thoughts on that?
0: I like turtles. Uh, <laughs> Man, I wish the could see your face right now.
1: <laughs> the way your face froze right there was amazing.
2: I'm you just going to go say, sure. Poignant. Mm-hmm.
0: Poignant. I, indeed.
2: Just going for pithy. Uh,
0: anyway, we've been working on our sequel to Knifebreaker. Uh,. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which uh, will be one of the, one of the films that's featured at the uh, unofficial Willem Dafoe Bad Art Short Film Festival that will be taking place uh, in 2024. Uh, if you are interested in that, please submit a film uh, to derazzlepodcast at gmail.com with the Willem Dafoe somewhere in the subject line. And we will gladly uh, view, consider, and possibly program your
0: film. You do not have to be a filmmaker prior to this. In fact, no. It might actually be better if you're not. It
1: might, yeah. Honestly, this is a great way to just like dip your toe into it. Make a ten minute short film. Send it to us. Uh, go to derazzle. slash festival for all the rules and regulations and information about the about the festival and whatnot. There.
0: Listen, the stakes are so low unless you are yeah. a time traveler and go back in time to use the grand prize of this Chee chis no, gift card. I'm
1: sorry, I need you to add something into the into the language that that blocks Robert Zemeckis from doing that. Oh, I well, just...
0: Robert No, I mean if he wants to submit, i okay. take a look. It just has to be live action, not those creep-ass computer people.
2: Fair. What yeah. what are you going to do if Robert Zemeckis shows up and gives you a back to the future reboot?
0: If he gives it to me <laughs> in my hand, I will say, how did you know where I lived? <laughs> Come on in. I have some. You questions. just get
2: an e- No, no, not that. You just get an email okay. from rzemeckis at gmail.com <laughs> No, he'd have a hot, which might address. be his. Oh. Um, and it's just like just a link to a private YouTube video, and you open it up, and it is it is Back to the Future with Finn Wolfheart as Marty McFly.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I hope that one of our listeners. Does that exact thing, emails us as our (laughs) Zumechas.
1: That would be so funny.
0: (laughs) Yes, and that gag. Yes, and that gag. Go full in. Oh my god! Um, Please
1: lean into that bit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. I need to go to, fuck to bed.
1: All right. On that note, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this uh, surprisingly jam-packed uh, couple of episodes here. Uh, if you if you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show everywhere you possibly can. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, wherever you can possibly rate and review. It helps us out a ton. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're on Facebook at Derazzled Podcast, Instagram and TikTok at Derazzled underscore podcast, and Twitter and Blue Sky at Derazzled Pod.
0: I'm kind of disappointed. I think Matt only did like two puns where Scott was just like a punning machine.
1: I You're really disappoint s- you? Well,
0: I expected to cancel the series tonight. I was <laughs> I was expecting to be like, this is the last episode of Drazzled. I'll be back when we're doing the film festival piece. <laughs> but you only did like two.
2: Yeah, I thought it would be more fun to just info dump for three hours. And, and see if that did it instead bravo respect <laughs> you, just, you yeah. have no idea how much i didn't say I oh, could... the, the
0: puns are all internal
1: <laughs> oh well matt thank you so much for uh for joining us for this for suggesting this i enjoyed it thoroughly uh, uh, thank you
2: for letting me monopolize all your time i had so much fun
1: <laughs> hell yeah i'm I'm, I'm thrilled all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Check us out next time where, as always, we will be sure to razzle dazzle
0: you. razzle dazzle
2: you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to
1: cut that together so it sounds good. Good night, everybody.
2: No.